All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another fun-filled episode of Fresh Brains Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Scott. And I have murdered Brian and am wearing his skin. <laughs> yeah, Noah, you're back once again. Yeah, I'm back again. I've been accused by the uh, guys over at um, Midnight Drive-In of, of poaching you. <laughs> Brian's other Brian's been invited. He knows. Yeah. <laughs> Although, actually, I, I really enjoyed a conversation I had online with Doug yesterday, which was him him accusing me of stealing you for my new show too often. And then when he heard what movie we were watching, he's like, yeah, you guys deserve each other. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't neither of them uh, appreciate the. The fine fungal wine that is trauma. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the speaking of which, I, I suppose we should announce what we're we're watching this week. Um, this week we are watching the the Toxic Avenger, uh, trauma. Air quotes, finger quotes, classic. Um, which, as you know, you know we're. we're you know, getting into the double digits of episodes here. The whole idea is that we were watching something that at least one host has never seen before. Usually it's me introducing Brian, who's kind of a horror newbie to a new movie. Um, but I kind of take these opportunities when Brian's not available and Noah jumps on to say like, hey, maybe I'll finally check one of those movies off of my uh, to-do list. And it, I don't know what this says about you, Noah, but as I'm sitting there thinking, what movies do I need to see and and that I've just never gotten around to? And somehow knowing that you were involved, trauma came to my brain. (laughs) I I think that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, actually, full confession, I'm not only not only have I never seen Toxic Avenger. I've never seen a trauma movie. Yeah, that is that is wild to me. Yeah. And, Although, and you I know think... what the funny thing is? I think that just places you with the majority of human beings on the planet. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And, and I think for me, a lot of it was I knew the reputation that trauma had. And it, it's weird to hear myself say this out loud because – I just heard like, oh, they're just such awful, terrible movies. Like, why would I subject myself to that? But at the same time, like, I just had a conversation with my wife in the car on the way to dinner about how I love terrible, bad movies. So it's odd that I've been avoiding this movie for the same reasons that I'm probably going to love it. (laughs) Well, and I so I will make the argument that the. I'm trying to think of what to call it. I'm going to call it early era trauma. So it's right after they started making like midnight Cinemax kids at camp sex movies, basically. And, and they transitioned into this, which is the trauma becoming trauma aesthetic of everything's radiation and toxic. And it's kind of this, uh, filthy tongue-in-cheek lampooning of corporate america to a to a hyperbolic extent those movies because what year was this like 84 you know what i can't remember off the top of my head 84 sounds right so anyway go back to what you were saying yeah but so there is there is a string of these movies when they first start doing this that I would argue are not bad movies, like not, not bad movies in the traditional way that people say bad movie. These are not troll two bad movies, you know, Mm -hmm. these are weird movies. Non-traditional movies, I, I think would be, Fair and and you could say exploitative to a degree that is unheard of outside of Italy. Okay, but I they're not bad movies. I I refuse anyone who says that. I think they're wrong. 
like well it toxic, is, toxic it's, it's the art i was gonna say toxic avenger uh class in newcomb high tromeo and juliet uh terror firmer troma's war all all those movies they're they're just monster in my closet and i i think they're good movies they're just they're just not for everybody right and and I'm I'm saying this speaking from somebody who obviously has not seen any of them, but the the impression that they kind of give me is, and, and you and I have had this conversation off mic a hundred times, and I think people who know me from listening to my podcasts know this about me as well. It's like I, I I'm careful to use the term bad movie because I think there's two different connotations with that. There's bad movie as in low quality, like. You have a low budget. You don't have named actors. You have a, a poor script. You have shitty special effects. Like there's that bad movie, which is what I would say like 95% of the normies would call a bad movie, um, of which I'm 100% confident this movie falls into that category. Um, but then there's what I consider a bad movie, which is a movie is only bad if the people making it failed to make what they were trying to make. And you, there are two categories there. There's the, the high budget, high air quotes, quality movies that, you know, your Francis Ford Coppola's try to make and fail. Those are bad movies to me, but then there's also the really low budget shitty quality movies that somebody tries to make and fails at your troll twos um, that are the bad movies. But like, I, I take <laughs> that, that somehow magically become good movies again. I, I mean, some of them, I would say even that, no, like there are some that are just so bad. They're bad. Um, and that's because, you know, well, we did it um, on the one episode of um, midnight driving. You weren't on there, but we were talking about alone in the dark. Like, that's a low budget, low quality movie that also fails to be fun on any front. So that's so bad it's bad. Like you, you I failed. Would, failed I was going to say a bad it movie. is. It is impressive to me that if in a producer's ex joke you attempted to make the worst movie of all time, you just went out of your way. You were like, okay, everyone, just do not act, do not attempt to do anything. You special effects guy, just, I, I want people to understand what we're doing, but it doesn't need to look good. Just, just fuck this shit up and let's move on. If you did that, you would produce a movie better than Alone in the Dark. Yes. And so that's where I'm saying, th those are what I call bad movies or where you failed at what you were trying. And one of the perfect examples I can think of of a low quality movie, you know, air quotes, bad movie that actually was great was something like Jack Frost, which knew that it was low quality. It knew that it didn't have a good script. It knew that it didn't have good actors or all of that stuff, but they embraced it and had so much fun making that movie. And I love the hell out of Jack Frost for those reasons. So it's it's commitment. Yes. I've I've always told people that if you take the most ridiculous idea for a movie and you just throw your soul into it and you make that movie it it there's something that just works about it. Chud, Chud is the most ridiculous idea of a film. I mean th from the name down, which is wild, it it's great. Yes. Um, yep. I'll I'll stand behind Chud. I will stand on a pillar and scream my praises for anything with the word critters in it. I yeah. love the Critters franchise, every single one of them. Um, when Critters Attacks came out, you know, my wife was out of town or out with her friends that night, and she texted me. She's like, "What are you doing?" I said. I'm watching a new Critters movie and can't stop smiling. Like, I mean. <laughs> I, I think that it, specifically Critters 2. I don't know why, but 
damn it. I, it's one of the movies that I, I'm not going to say it's my favorite movie because that wouldn't be true. But if you set a pile of movies in front of me and said, pick one of these movies and watch it. And Critter 2 was in that pile. I'm almost certainly picking Critters 2. How can you not love a movie that has a giant ball of critters? I mean, for fuck's sake, that's. <laughs> I mean, just the East, the Easter bunny scene is yes. worth that whole movie. That's the best Easter movie ever made is Critters 2. It is. <laughs> I, it, might, it, might, it might be the only Easter movie ever made. <laughs> yeah, I, th- th- this is why, you know, the, these episodes work. Um, you and I, I, we work together on the same level. We speak <laughs> the same language. Um, anyway, getting back to uh, Toxic Avenger a little bit. I'll tell you the only two things that I know about this movie are the trailer and as a kid, and I'll admit, I remember nothing about this. I used to watch the toxic crusader cartoon. Yes. Um, part of, part of the, uh, I do believe it. I'm, I'm man. I hope I don't get this wrong. I believe it was on Fox and I believe it was during the era where, Fox did this weird Saturday morning cartoon lineup that was all horror themed. Because it was like uh, it was Toxic Crusaders, um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, uh, Big Big Bad Beetleborgs. um, Oh, what was it had a different name, but the Tales from the Crypt cartoon Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Oh, yeah. And there was just, I mean, it was just a bunch of them. It, and it was majestic because as, as a kid that was super into cartoons and super into horror movies, it just all came down Millhouse. <laughs> uh, yeah, so many of those bring back memories. Although I don't know the connection between Big Bad Beetleborgs and horror. What was... So Big Bad Beetleborgs was an American knockoff of um well an american knockoff i sh- i should say just a knockoff of um power rangers sure but i don't it took place in instead of like zordon and all that they were in an old decrepit mansion and there was like a genie and a werewolf and a mummy and a bunch of weird shit living in the uh, the oh, mansion really? yeah i don't remember it that well yeah, and it had just absolutely nothing to do with the Borgs. Like it was, it, it was just really strange. That's a huh. weird show to go back and revisit. It's a bad acid trip of a kids show. <laughs> yeah, I've been intrigued or tempted to dig up Toxic Crusaders again just to see, because I, like I said, I remember nothing about it other than the imagery and the the pictures. But um, yes, yeah, so so what do I need to know? You know, we, we've got a couple minutes left before we jump into it, but prep me like give me the background what do i need to know about toxic avenger uh so man they made a cartoon out of this i just want to remind everybody uh so this is a a a precursor to the superhero genre i think is fair to say sure other Uh, than other than the old 70s captain america and shit like that yeah Right, right. So we've got a a nerdy kid who's who's bullied and harassed and treated like crap. Um, through happenstance, he falls into toxic goo and becomes a uh, horribly disformed superhero of superhuman size and strength. And uh, he set out to right the wrongs of the world violently <laughs> and get revenge. I assume on the the bullies ish i prefer to think it's meeting out justice (laughs) there may be some revenge in there and i'm fully expecting based on the uh reputation i know of trauma i'm gonna see lots of boobs probably some dicks maybe even a severed dick or two like this is just par for the course right i was gonna say possibly some incest jokes sure sure yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess I lied. There's one other thing that I know about this and that that is there was a TV edit that was played as part of USA Up All Night. So kind of speaks to the the caliber of what we're shooting for here. I, 
I, you know, you posted that and I, I'm half tempted to go back and watch that because I'm like, you'd have to edit so much. <laughs> yeah. So I, much I, of the movie. I almost recommended we do that version for the, for tonight to watch that one only because the, the version I found on YouTube is a VHS rip. So, you know, it's still got commercials in there and I would love to see some 1984 commercials, you know, in the middle of my trauma movie. <laughs> then, then the question is, was it Rhonda or Gilbert Godfrey hosting Gilbert? I watched the first couple seconds of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good old, good old Gilbert. See, Oh, I don't think we should have done that, but oh well. <laughs> Man, I've already paid. US. I've already paid for my month of uh, trauma now, so I miss I miss USA up all night. Mm-hmm. Speaking of having a month worth of trauma now, um, I almost texted you and said that we should change our movie for tonight because this episode will go up on Thanksgiving Day. Because I have trauma now, that means I also have access to Poultrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead. <laughs> now, I so I have recommendations for those for those of you dipping your toes into the the cesspool of trauma. <laughs> I I highly recommend watching some of the uh, good bad trauma movies before you get into the later ones. So I. My one criticism of trauma is that their later films became self-aware in a bad way. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Something about they kind of knew they were making. it's, It's so hard to describe. Instead of making movies that were completely irreverent, they were making movies that just go out of their way to be irreverent, which isn't the same thing. No, that's trying too hard is a problem. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Well, I'm, I'm getting excited. I'd say let's just jump right into it. And um, unless there's any other super important things I need to know. No, I don't think so. Just, just uh, All right. strap on your, your boots and, uh, Maybe get yourself some kind of a splash guard (laughs) (laughs) so you don't get your clothes stained. So don't watch this at one of those 4D theaters. Is that what you're saying? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Trauma in 4D would just it would just be toilet smells the whole time. (laughs) All right. Well, before I lose my appetite, I'm going to go grab some popcorn and we'll be back in just a minute with our fresh thoughts on the Toxic Avenger. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Well, I was really, really hoping that I was going to be able to get the recording started and still in time to catch you uh, singing the ending credits there, but I, I missed it. Body talk, body talk. I want to listen to your body talk. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be in my head for a week now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, so, so many things I was not expecting, but I, I I don't even know how to process all the things I just saw. Um, I, I suppose the, the most important thing to say is that, I think it makes perfect sense that you and I are friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you agree with me? It It is a surprisingly solid film. Like, yes, raunchy, yes, cheesy, all that kind of stuff. But it's a movie. Like, 
Sure. And, and, and I mean, I'll, I'll put it, take this for what it's worth. I'll put it on the same caliber as a attack of the killer tomatoes. Um, it, it's one of those movies that very distinctly walks the line between horror action comedy doesn't do any of them well but but knows that and i i think that you know as you're watching the movie i I would say you know the the things that it definitely has going for it is it 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 has a story it has a plot um and it's obviously ludicrous but you know that going in and so i'm not going to hold that against it in in the slightest um it makes attempts at comedy there are certainly scenes that i was laughing out loud um there are certain jokes that i thought okay you're trying a little bit too hard but that's fine (laughs) um likewise with the gore there were some fantastic gore scenes and some fantastic violence then there were other scenes where it's like, okay, you're you're going a little bit too far. But I, I mean, I, it just in general, it tried for a lot of different things. It didn't blow any of them out of the water, but I would also say it succeeded at all of them. So, yeah, if if you want a movie that's got some comedy, got some gore, got some horror, got some action, like it, it does have it all. Now, in every one of those categories, I'd say it's a C plus B minus at best, but that's fine. Like, not everything has to be an Oscar winner. So it entertained me. It knew what it was trying to be, and it didn't try to be more than that. And it just owned what it was. And I respect the hell out of that. Yeah, I think I think solid C plus is about right for trauma. Mm-hmm. That's like, <laughs> like that's where everything falls. Because you're like, you know what? It's passing grade. <laughs> well, and, and 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 here's a great example. So, at the beginning of the movie, you've got Melvin running around, you know, getting tormented and picked on by the the bullies. the The guy who is playing the role of Melvin is playing it so over the top. Um. Like no character or no no person on earth is like that. Like I think you said it best, where it's like this is the you know nerd revenge fantasy, and and I, I'll give you that a hundred percent. But even so, even though every one of us was that nerd when we were a kid who got made fun of and got bullied and got teased, none of us were that awkward and that clueless. Like if the super hot girl came up and said, I want to do you, we wouldn't be like, do what? Like, I mean, we know what they were talking (laughs) about and also know that they were fucking with us. But so the, the way that he portrayed that character was so over the top, it was a caricature. Um, And that's the kind of stuff that I'm pointing at where it's like, this movie would have failed if he was trying to be a legitimate character or, or, you know, trying to be legitimate in, in the drama. And I, I don't think that would have worked, but to do it so over the top and so exaggerated, it, it, it made me as the audience respect it because it's like, you know, that you're ridiculous. You know, that this is a caricature, not a character. And I'm, I'm on board there. Yeah, I think my my biggest complaint about Toxic Avenger has always been there is a weird pacing issue where the movie moves along at a pretty good clip and and it's trauma. So there's kind of like always stuff happening. Until you get to the scene where he kills the. uh, The tiny lady in the laundromat. And after that, the movie comes to like a grinding halt and just kind of stops. And then it's that build up to the end confrontation with the mayor. But there's like it none of it's really established all that well. 
And so the movie just kind of meanders about and it's people in the town going, well, but I love the monster. But they do that for like 15 minutes, which is too long. Yeah. And I, I, I see what you're saying. And I think that that was kind of their moment to say, OK, time for the resolution and the conclusion. We need to just get there. And, you know, him killing the little old woman was kind of the the true defining moment of Toxie's character, because, you know, the, the, the whole premise up to that point was that he kills people who are evil, like he has this compulsion to kill anyone who has evil in them. And when he walks into this laundromat and for no reason at all kills this little person, you know, elderly woman. Is like, well, wait, what did she do wrong? And even he feels guilty about it. Like he goes back to Sarah and is like, I did something horrible. Like I killed somebody and, you know, I only kill evil people, but I apparently just can't stop myself. And then even they're kind of spinning it like the newspaper headline was innocent woman killed by, you know, murder or by monster. So they're, they're trying to sell that like, oh, maybe he is just out of control. But then five minutes later we or five seconds later we learned from the mayor like oh yeah she had this rap sheet and this criminal record and all this kind of stuff um so it's quickly explained and it helps to prove yes he is legitimately the hero and the good guy of the the story now let's quickly get to our conclusion which is the mayor wants him dead he's pulling in the national guard and the town's going to rally behind him so now we're we're if this were your prequel movie, we're now set up with our origin story. He's the good guy. The town loves him. He doesn't have to hide in the shadows. Here you go. Go make sequels. And they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where does it go? Like, I, I mean, you don't have to spoil everything because I'm sure I'll probably watch them after this yeah. at some point. But I mean, what's what's the general flow from here? So the second movie was um, Lloyd Kaufman needing an excuse to go to Japan. So Toxie goes to Japan in the second movie to like, and there's like uh, sumo wrestling fights and things in that one. It's, it's wild. Uh, the third one, he fights Satan, which is pretty dope. As you do. Uh the fourth one, Citizen Toxies, a multiversal thing where it introduces some more random weird characters and things like that, including his sidekick, Lardass, mm. uh, who's, who's just a fat guy. That's his whole that's his whole thing. <laughs> Is it the mayor? Uh, no. God damn it. I'm going to forget that guy's name and that's going to piss me off. Is it F Flesher? Is that his last name? Hold on. I got to look it up because I'm going to feel bad. Uh, uh... While you're doing that, I'm, I'm IMDB in the uh, Toxic Crusaders cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Joe, Joe Flyshaker. I think okay. is his name. And so he is a regular in the trauma movies. I think he died a little while back, but he's also most famous for, um, so the opening credits you saw said Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hertz. So Michael Hertz only appears in one trauma movie. He is in Newcomb high for about three and a half seconds. If you pay real close attention. Um, okay. And while Lloyd Kaufman makes no fucking uh, ifs, ands, or buts about the fact that he is an attention whore and loves going to conventions and talking to people and being loud and being in the spotlight. Uh, Michael Hertz found out very quickly he does not like that. Um, so mostly after the very beginning of the company, he turned into a silent partner. And uh, and as far as I know, he's still always been active. He just doesn't directly involve himself with the the public side of things. And so when they go to conventions, Joe Fleischaker says that he's Michael Hertz and sits at all the tables and everyone thinks 
well, not everyone, but a lot of people actually think that he is Michael Hertz because over the years of him claiming to be Michael Hertz. <laughs> it's one of the most random stories I think I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Uh, yeah, so I was just reading the synopsis of the, the cartoon a little bit, which apparently, and like I said, I remember very, very little about that show. Um other than it seems to follow the plot of basically the first three movies. So as you said, it kind of has the same, uh, you know, origin story, but then ends up going to where the, the toxic crusaders fight crime and then turn their attention to apocalypse Inc, which is from parts two and three. Yep. Um, and it says, although in the series, the chairman is an alien opposed to as opposed to Satan. So, yeah, there's yeah. the tie in. Does it say what the bad guy's name is? Because he's got a ridiculous name. It's like. Dr. Kill em all or something like that. Yeah, not not here. It doesn't at least. Oh, yeah. Dr. Dr. Kill em off. Kill em off. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yeah, and he has his his cast and crew of friendly mutants. There's a uh, Sergeant Swamp, I think, is one of them. No Zone was one of them, it said. No Zone, yeah, the dude with the giant nose of power. Radioactive sneezes. Yeah, there's a Junkyard Dog character. Yeah, Headbanger, Major Disaster. Yeah, there's... Major Disaster, that that was his name. That's the Sergeant Swamp guy. Uh, Headbanger is a, if I remember right, it's a metalhead and a surfer who get fused together. (laughs) (laughs) I need to track this show down again. I just, I remember watching it and obviously I liked it if I watched it multiple times, but I just want to see how bad (laughs) it was. I mean, it's bad, but it's no more bad than any other Saturday morning cartoon. Sure. Sure. And um I'm just as guilty as anybody of, of enjoying all that. I mean hell I still put in Super Mario Super Show now and then and I hate to admit that, you know, to the public now, but I, I do. <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't want to see Lou Al Cabano as Mario? All right. So I was going to say the only I can only think of one Saturday morning cartoon that was outrageously good. And that was the 90s X-Men. I was going to say Gargoyles is up there, too. Oh, yeah. No, I'll give it to you. Gargoyles is pretty good. Yeah, that that shows pretty phenomenal. They were like well written and had through lines and character development and all that kind of stuff. For the most part, most. Saturday morning cartoons are just, you know, episodic garbage. Right. There's not a whole lot of difference distance between something amazing like uh, He-Man and something not amazing like Brave Star. (laughs) Well, we, we had to get past the era of all cartoons were just 20 minute long commercials for action figures and then get into things that actually had plots like Batman, the animated series. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, I can't help but notice that um, some of our listeners predicted exactly what this episode was going to be, which was, we just got a. somewhat intelligent and coming up with thoughtful things to say. And then here we are talking about Saturday morning cartoons instead of finding anything intelligent to say about this movie. Listen, <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll say this once again, it's early trauma. So there, there are hot girls wearing very little clothes, although there's less of that than you'd think that there would be. I was going to say so there's I, boobs, I, I, but there's less I, of that than you'd think that there would be. I, I made the comment while we were watching this that, um, you know, if, if this was going to be the USA Up All Night cut, 
there was not very much that I would think that they would have needed to cut out to to put this on TV. Now, there is a difference between 1984 sensibility and 2022 sensibilities, but yeah, I think there were three scenes where we saw a, a topless woman. Um, there was one sex scene in other than the girl being topless. It was, it was not gratuitous, I guess two, if you count, you know, Toxie and Sarah, um, there's only but, one yeah, old it, lady getting gut punched. Yeah, only only one old lady gets punched <laughs> in the stomach. Um, and and there was definitely gore. I mean, the the kid getting run over by the car in the beginning, the dog. But like you would, you would really have to cut very little from this movie to put it on TV. And I don't think that the things that you would cut would take away from the the, the plot. You know, you you could still follow this movie. Um, my expectation going into this of just, you know, the reputation I had heard from trauma was that there was going to be far more boobs than I saw. There was going to be not just, you know, punches to the dick, but, you know, I expected to see full peen didn't happen. Um, I was, I was going to say you expect to see a punch to the dick. There's way more of that than you're expecting. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> so um, many, so many people get hit in the dick in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it, multiple scrotums are used as speed bags. Like it's, it happens, um, but it, it was not as over the top as I was expecting. So the reputation that trauma has, and again, maybe later trauma does things differently, but at least at this point. Yes, it was in your face jokes. It was, um, I guess, very forcefully delivered punchlines. But it it wasn't offensive to me. Like I, I expected to walk away just groaning or being like repulsed by this because of the humor or because of the sophomoric level of of what it was. And it, it's not like it was fine. So. Yeah, people. Troma who... has Troma has a reputation for being uh, basically shit and dick jokes and naked girls, and yeah. that that reputation is well deserved. Because <laughs> as time went on, you were talking about going over the top. This this movie obviously does go over the top, but that top gets higher every year after this movie is made and and you'll see that but like i tell everyone these early ones you've really got to give them all a shot fucking uh kabuki man nypd real good i love kabuki man nypd yeah and and maybe it just says how depraved i am but i didn't see this movie as over the top i saw this as a fun 80s horror movie that knew that it was bad like the end like there was nothing offensive about this movie to me right i mean and it's it they they did exactly what they wanted to do i mean it's it's essentially somewhere right between uh well not between i guess if you take like the reeves superman movies and and to add a bunch of uh, doo-doo to them, you get this. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's them sleazed up as far I was as... Gonna, th- th- there's the word I was waiting for. It's it's more that it was sleazier. It, it's not... When you... When you I mean... By, by add doo-doo, I mean literally add doo-doo. Not, yeah, not. but it, but but in this case, in this case, I don't think they did. And, and that's the impression that I don't want to give to listeners who are on the fence about whether or not to watch this or have not dipped their toe into trauma trauma for this, like for the same reason that I avoided it. That's not what this is. Like there's not, you know, fecal material on screen. Like it's not a true shit show. It's sleazy, but not, disgusting like and and maybe it gets there later like it's it's not a john waters film like if if that's you know like that's that's what i was picturing i was picturing john waters does horror 
that's not what this is. Tell you what, though, John Waters doing a trauma movie be a pretty good combo. <laughs> <laughs> that would take a very, very specific audience. <laughs> that is that is intense. <laughs> wow, I, I I think I might have just had a little minor aneurysm even just picturing what that would be. <laughs> My, my poor little brain can't process that. Oh, my God. I just couldn't imagine. Could you imagine how much fucking worse pink flamingos would be if you just. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. No. Like <laughs> Just pink flamingos plus fart sound effects occasionally. <laughs> wow. There's a. There's there's a level that I'm not willing to sink to at this point, I think. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah I, I was I, gonna say the funny the the other funny thing is for how sleazy it is and for how so this is complicated. We're gonna have a, a slightly complicated discussion in, <laughs> in a show that should be mostly ball jokes, but for as offensive, quote fingers, offensive trauma movies can be because they do not, they kind of take everything the same way South Park does. Everything is up in the air and everything is game to be targeted for just not, not just insulting, but humiliation. Sure. So they do that. There's a blind character and she falls several times. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, is that ableist? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It is an offensive ableist joke, but it's done in a way that it is blatantly obvious that it's supposed to be. And because it's done that way, I feel this movie at the same time is extremely progressive. In the fact that they're not. It's it's so hard to explain, like there are characters throwing around racial slurs. But they are bad guys And the movie is making it not only clear that they're bad guys, but they are the worst people in existence. Yeah, I mean, even to go to the mayor, you know, who is this fat, disgusting, horrible human being who is a criminal himself. I mean, there's a scene where he's laying on a table with a sandwich that's six feet long in front of him. Like it's if he were made of metal, he would be the heathen bot from Futurama. Um, Right. That's the character that's here. And his chief of police is a Nazi. Like, yeah, is obviously a Nazi. Yeah. They, they don't say it, but multiple times he, I mean, he speaks in a German accent. He frequently is doing things that it's like, you are clearly a Nazi in 1980s New York. Why? I don't know. But I, I it, maybe it's nothing more than to help to identify the fact that this is a good guy, bad guy, white hat, black hat type movie. And I, I guess it's just so we don't blur that line of is Toxie actually maybe the villain here? Is he kind of it's like, no, get rid of all of that blurry division. He is the hero. There's no question about it. Because all of these other people are horrible. <laughs> and we'll make sure to take that to the nth degree in case you're ever questioning, like, well, are they really bad? Yes, they are really bad. Here, Here's another example to prove it. Uh, there are also more than one character in here who I, I'm trying not to mince the, the incorrect term for what they would be called. So I'm just going to call them gender non-binary <laughs> to be as d- tiptoey as possible. Sure. And in, in some ways it's played as a joke 
But the only joke is the person has lipstick and is wearing a dress and has a beard. End of joke. Like, it's not a bunch of people throwing insulting terms and that kind of stuff. Although other insulting terms are thrown at other people who <laughs> are not, if that makes sense. Right. Which there, there's a whole discussion there that's that's. Uh, you kind of have to watch 80s movies and just say, yeah, it was the 80s and let's leave it alone. <laughs> right, right. But what I was going to say is it's weird that it's it's icky and it's ickiness. But the fact that, that those characters exist and no one in the film addresses the fact that anything's wrong with it or that it's weird. Once again, it's this weird level of I, I just don't even know what to call it. Sleazy progressiveness. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's this yeah, whole idea of saying, yeah, everything is so irreverent that everyone is equal in the fact that everyone is pig shit. <laughs> yes. It's, that is the most profound way you could possibly say that, but in a, in a very twisted way, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it yeah. is it is complicated. And that that trend kind of continues on in trauma movies where I don't know, you've got a lot of like there's gay characters and there's there's humor in the fact that, you know, maybe a gay character is flamboyant or something. But they're they're them being gay is never the joke. It's always the character is ridiculous is the joke. Hmm. I don't know. I I'm kind of at a loss for words here. I I guess I would just leave this conversation as I don't really know what I was expecting from this movie other than I was kind of expecting the worst and I still have not fully processed everything that I saw. <laughs> but I was far less offended than I thought I was going to be. Um, I walked away pleased. I laughed several times. I enjoyed the movie. Don't know as I would go so far as to recommend it to anybody because the only other friend I have that would like this kind of thing, I just watched this movie with. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's out. Um, to our listeners out there, I, I don't know how I would really uh, sell this or whether I would sell this, but if, if you've if you've listened long enough to get a sense of my uh, interests and sensibilities, it worked for me. And I, I like I said at the beginning, I appreciate when somebody's making a bad movie and they can just own what it is that they're doing and roll with it. And I think that that's a hundred percent what happened here is they knew what this was going to be. They just said, let's go with it. Let's have fun with this. Didn't try to make it anything that it wasn't. And for that, they were immensely successful and I give them all the credit in the world. I had fun. It was entertaining. It, it wins. My biggest, the biggest way I could recommend it is, Answer the following questionnaire. Number one, are you 12 years old? <laughs> Did you answer yes? Good. <laughs> Number two, are you mature enough to understand that movies aren't real and that these people are not role models? <laughs> Did you answer yes? Good. This movie is for you. <laughs> the end. End of list of people this movie is for. <laughs> <laughs> or or if you're just that, you know, guy who does a podcast and I don't know, we'll watch anything. There, there, there's there's category number three. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's just so specific. I, I, I never know how to sell it to people because I'm like, are you super into crust punk? Like... <laughs> if if you're into that lifestyle, you probably would like these movies. Yeah. Or or 
but maybe. <laughs> right. I mean, well, if I was not. on a, if I was on a stage in front of a, an audience of a thousand people in an arena, one guy would have just went, Woo! and I would have been like, that guy. This movie's for <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Uh, all right, Noah. Well, this has been a blast. I, <laughs> as always, you bring something very uh, inventive to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Had a great time. Um, if any of the listeners want to get a hold of us or you know leave you a message, uh, go ahead and throw out a little plug. What are, What are you doing these days? What shows are you on? Uh, you know, I'm still on the midnight drive-in with uh, other Brian and Doug. So you guys can always check us out over there, reviewing uh, two movies each week. Supposedly, mostly <laughs> cult and grindhouse films, but uh, I think we're doing Harry and the Hendersons and <laughs> Frostbite next week. So not necessarily cult movies. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen either one at a drive-in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and besides, that's that's pretty much it at the moment. Okay. Uh, I always I always have projects on the back burner that maybe I'll be able to put out, but we'll see. Well, we are all on social media, so um, if you want to hit up our show on either Facebook or Instagram, you can find us at Fresh Brains Podcast. You can also email us at freshbrainspodcast at gmail dot com. If you want to leave a message for Noah, get a hold of us that way. He he's on there, and we can you know. Be sure to pass anything off to him but um yeah if you've got some show suggestions if you if you like noah and want him to come back if you can't stand this and just say you know hey warn me when noah's gonna come back you can let <laughs> us know all that as well <laughs> um but yeah next week brian should be back uh we'll be back to our regular regular scheduled episodes um but yeah i i, I had a good time noah thanks for joining us um, any last minute comments you want to throw out there before we wrap up? No end of show. <laughs> All right. Well, until, uh, next time we meet, I'm Scott and I'm Noah. And just remember that, uh, it, it, if, if you're the nerd in the school and the hot girl asks you to do it, just, just say no. Mm-hmm.